This podcast does contain spoilers about Broken Age, both Act 1 and Act 2, so if you haven't played it, you probably shouldn't listen to this, because we spoil it almost right away. But I also want to do something which I will do often here, which is promote something, and it's just my Patreon page. Um, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a way to support um, various content creators and whatever you're comfortable with, so you just go to patreon.com slash legendaryfrog, and uh, you can set up a monthly donation if you want, and... By doing so, it'll help me create the, the new comics I'm doing on LuxuryFrog.com. It'll help me with artwork with Lloyd, um, some other artwork I'm doing for some other projects, and eventually, I'm now sitting here, another Legendary Frog cartoon. I'm not exactly going to tell what it is right now, but um, you can probably guess if you think a little bit about it. So if you go there, Patreon.com slash LegendaryFrog, and if you want to, you can give a little donation per month, and I'll be extremely grateful. But for now, here's me and Mark talking about Broken Age. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to almost episode 100 of the Legendary Broadcast. I think we're at 97? I, don't I think know. we're at 98.5. That's like, I'm pretty sure that's a radio station here. Oh, no, I did, yeah... No, because they don't. Do they do odd numbers or even numbers for the, the dots? They might play oldies, they might not. Okay. I am Joseph Blanchett, your host, and Mark Schneider is here. I am here, and. and uh, he if, now, owns, me, he now owns I a now cat. Own a, I now own a cat, so I may be laughing whenever she does something funny because I. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this emotional game, and you're just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and she might, she might try and play with my feet because. Um, She's a cat. Anyway, so um, <laughs> this um, yeah, so this uh, topic is going to be Broken Age, the um, a double fine adventure game that just f- finally got released completely uh, a couple weeks ago, like last week. Act two of two. Yep. Um, and we're all both of us are adventure game fans, I assume. Yes, I've been playing adventure games since the old Sierra days of King's Quest, Space Quest, and Police Quest. A uh, big fan of those. I've been um getting into meaning I started playing one, like I started getting into some of these modern adventure games that aren't um uh telltale, you know, visual novels like um, yeah. So I've been playing one called like the next big thing. And it's about like mo- like imagine if like Frankenstein's monster or Dracula and all these other people ran a movie studio. It's an adventure game based on that, and so I started that, and um, because I was Don't playing get Broken Age, popcorn. I was playing Broken Age, and I was like, "Oh, adventure games!" I played really played one of these in a really long time, yeah. and I played um, a Grim Fandango, the remastered one. Um, I I never actually played Grim Fandango. Two ago. It's it's definitely old. Like it plays like a twenty year old adventure yeah, game yeah. or fifteen years or whatever. Um, Oh, we're not. You haven't. Well, it, it, it's a little bit relevant because um, Tim Schafer was the main guy on that. Yeah, yeah, he was. And so. he's the, he's the guy who runs um. Yeah. Runs a uh, double fine. Well, do you have any? Do you have any other? Before we get into you know sidetracked into this, do you well, have? This any... will have this will have spoilers, by the way, because you can't really right. talk about most of this game without talking about like big twists. Turns out, Second Age is the sled. And now you all know there's a twist, so you'll all be expecting it. Um, um, anyway, uh, do, do you have any other uh, uh, adventure games that that uh, 
you have dear to your heart, like I said, the CR games. Yeah, or... um, well, I started on King's Quest. Or, or not King's Quest, Space Quest, like that series. That's really the only Sierra ones I played. I played a bit of some of the King's Quest. But mm-hmm. mostly it was a Space Quest. So that's what I um, first bit my teeth into. Um, okay. Then shortly after, I got into LucasArts ones. Um, mm. Like Monkey Island and all that. Yeah. And, um, and I preferred the LucasArts ones because you could never die. Like, you, you always had the solution. <laughs> like, because... In, in those Space Quest games, it was impossible for you not be able to beat it because you forgot to pick up an item. There were there were a couple. Sierra games were notorious for having um, uh, unwinnable conditions, which for people who are younger and don't know this, this is basically where you can, like Joseph said, you can miss an item and then you can't beat the game, but the game doesn't tell you you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, King's Quest V had this really bad. Um, they were they were occasionally in some of the other games, but. It also kind of, um, there's also the matter of, uh, just dying in general in the game, which is something I missed is from, from... That wasn't so bad as long as you had a save yeah. spot. Yeah, it taught me, that game taught me, those series taught me to save early, save often. And like, actually... Which I now could, do in Flash. You could <laughs> die in a couple spots in Monkey Island, like, it was mostly done as a joke towards Sierra games. Yeah. Because it had, like, the same like, little, uh, dialogue box with a little humorous quip. And, you know, but then it just brought you right back. Um, yeah. Actually, you could die for real in Monkey Island 1. Um, there's a quote where Guybrush says, I can hold my breath for ten minutes. And there's one point in the game where you're underwater, like, strapped to an anchor or something. And if you stay there for ten minutes, then you die. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. That's uh, funny. <laughs> but um, to answer your question, my favorite yeah. adventure games, um, like I said, Monkey Island... Um, I really like those, especially Curse of Monkey Island, which is the, mm. the which is the third one. Um, I have the remasters of those, and I've only played a little bit of the first one. The one and two, that. yeah, yeah. Like, those are good. But like, uh, Curse of Monkey Island has this really cool um, hand drawn animated look because it is hand drawn a lot of it, and it looks oh. like a like a cartoon. And unfortunately, I bet it's pretty hard to play that game these days. Um, like, if you have yeah, the CDs, I... you can use mm. a Scum Engine. Yeah. Um, but like just finding a copy, I guess you have to go to, like <laughs> eBay or something. You know, one one of my favorite ones that I that I hold uh, good memories for is uh, Full Throttle. Yeah, which is another Lucas. That was the other one, which was um, another Tim Schafer one. Um, was that Tim Schafer? Okay. Yep, Tim Schafer. He, he's a big metalhead, so fits <laughs> right in with that. Um, and like Brutal Legend, which isn't an adventure game, but you know it's oh, kind yeah. of the same thing, like bikers and roadies and heavy metal and stuff. Um, <laughs> That was one of those that was a kind of traditional adventure game, but it was also more of a novel. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like that one, it, just for the atmosphere and the characters. And stuff. It, it had a good environment, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good good setting and everything. And uh, a Grim Fandango, of course, is considered a classic now, but it, it was like at the tail end of LucasArts doing adventure games. Like, they did another Monkey Island after that, but like Luke, um, a Grim Fandango was kind of really the last big one. They were um, working at one point on a uh, full throttle too. I remember seeing a screenshot. I remember well, like a couple years ago going through old magazines and just seeing a screenshot of uh, a 3D rendered uh, the main character from Full Throttle, and I was like, "What?" I the think heck? that was what after Tim Schafer left the company, and they were doing uh, that just because they owned the IP. And it wasn't, from what yeah. I understand, it wasn't even a adventure game. It was a kind of a beat yeah, up yeah. type thing, and okay. and he was was kind of bitter. Like he did a like during this like Kickstarter stuff, he I, I think he mentioned he was kind of perturbed that they actually went ahead with the project 
yeah. that was like a thing he created. Um, that is that is one good thing about Kickstarter. Yeah. Which is which is let's let, so let's move on to that now. Let's move on to the, how this project started. Well, so, then Tim Schafer started a company called um, Double Fine. Um, yeah. they made some modest successes over the years. Never a huge breakout company. Um, and then three years ago, almost not quite to three the years, day, really. <laughs> I mean, not quite like to the month or whatever. But um, yeah, Tim Schafer had an idea. He wanted to um do an adventure game. And then document it so people can see the process. And they had a pretty... I'm at the page right now. They had a pretty low number to start off with. Although mm. I can't see the number right now. But it was like $30,000. Yeah, it was in the... I don't think it was in the hundreds of thousands. I yeah, it was like really low. It was basically a small project that they can do in a month or two and show people how the process yeah. is made. People are interested. Well, as soon as the word that uh, Tim Schafer is going to make another adventure game. Like, the guy behind, behind <laughs> Grim Fandango, one of the classic adventure games, um, by the end of it, they raised over $3 million. Yeah. And, um, it was one of the highest at the time. I don't know if it was the highest. It was one of the highest. It was, the, they, it was, it was I, the biggest video game one, I think, at the time. Wasn't it? Was Didn't Wasteland get, like, 3 to $5 million or something like that? Wasteland 2? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but it was definitely... Yeah, I mean, this is the one that made headlines because yeah, Pixar was... was still kind of a, a newish thing, and never yeah. had a really big success. Yeah, that was, it was one of the the ones that really showed that you could fund video games via Kickstarter. Yeah, so like the cool part was, well, well, first of all, like he didn't have an idea. Like oh, he did not have an idea. He says, "I want to do this. Let's make a Kickstarter," and he did it. <laughs> so we got to see this entire process from the very beginning. Um, so once they got the uh, the three million, um, and uh, they got player two productions to um, do the documentary, we got to see the creative process from the very beginning for this thing. And like you, you didn't really watch the uh, the um, no, I didn't. I don't, I don't think did I watched you? any of them. I might have clicked on some. I know I read some of the updates, but yeah, uh, they're really fascinating much... to watch because they show the entire process. Like they don't sugarcoat anything. Ooh, that's cool. Like, the entire creative process is laid bare and all the troubles that they went through. <laughs> um, so once they had $3 million to work with, which they remind you constantly, <laughs> it's really not a lot of money. Um, it, it isn't. It really isn't. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of got away with them, because then they upped the production quality. Um, they got, like, voice actors and... All this yeah. other well, stuff. They ended up also getting voice actors who were fans of adventure games and probably Tim Schafer. Like, wasn't it? It was like I know uh, Will Wheaton was. Um, I believe Elijah Wood was as well. Was he in the game? Yeah, he was Elijah Shea. Wood. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they got was... like a Jack Black who was in. Um, Pretty much. Uh, we got Jack Black and Jennifer <laughs> Hale and just a lot of people that were in um, yeah. like their previous projects. So they wanted to bring like all their all their classics back. Yeah. Yeah. For this thing. Um, so it began to take shape, um, and, like, I don't remember a lot of what, you know, happened in those early days, but, like, we started them, like, um, brainstorming ideas and, uh, concepts, and the, um, got to see, like, the notebooks that Tim used for his other projects, like, just full of ideas Mm. and, and stuff, and, um, he came up with the idea he wanted a story of a boy and a girl, um, 
one set in like a fantasy world, another one set in space. And he said, mm. "This is this is the um, this is this is the story I want to tell. It's like a, a coming of age story for these two kids." <laughs> and then a few months later, they announced the cave, which I thought was the was was the adventure game for a little bit, that's, but I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I quickly realized that it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> So we won't go into all that process, but yeah, yeah. down the line, um, they ran out of money, basically. And they said, well, we have to split this game up, uh, release part one, and then I think they were expecting part two, like, within the year. It ended up being a little longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, so, yeah, they did. They released part one, which honestly felt like, first time going through, it felt like a decent, decently sized game. Um, obviously, not complete story. It hit, it hit a nice little middle part, which we'll get into later, but... Um, Once I knew the puzzles, I got through it in about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. we redid it, we get through it. You go through it really quickly. But that's like any other puzzle game. Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as you know the puzzle, because it's, it's, there's very little replayability unless you like the story and the setting, or go back to it after ten years and forget everything. <laughs> um, but we're going to yeah, talk the, about uh, this like it's one whole game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so but, eventually they release it, they got enough Funding to fully fund part two and um, yeah, there's a lot and of other little part things. two as a as a free update for everybody who had part one. Yeah, so I mean it's one game, so yeah, so essentially, essentially he did keep his promise or the you know the Kickstarter campaign promises just over a course of three years with some meddling in the middle. So Broken Age, Broken Age is a story of a girl who lives in a fancy world. Her name is Bell. Whose uh, countryside is every fourteen years or so, this big monster comes out from the ocean, and like they sacrifice some maidens to them. Yes. Well, you um, don't. You don't actually know that first off. You know that the maidens feast, and yeah, but they're all willing. I mean, they, they yeah, I mean, they're, they're the all willing. Up. But I mean, from from a from a player point of view, you don't really know what's going on until they're like, it was like, well, Mog Trother comes, and like, can't we kill him? And like, what is, is she bring, talking is he bringing about? Cupcakes? This is weird. Is they bring in cupcakes? Well, they can't be because they have cupcakes here. <laughs> but then you know, they, she get uh, they get to do the maiden's feast, and you find out that it's just a monster that's eating the maidens, or so you think. Um, and that's where like her story, her story starts. Yeah, and she wants to fight back. So yeah, like and um, the up and I mean, at any time you can switch perspectives to this boy who lives on a spaceship, who um. Like the computer takes care of their every of his every whim, but he treats them like, like a like a, like a five year old toddler. Yeah. <laughs> so the computer's all like, "Okay, honey, you want to go on some missions?" He's like, "I'm tired <laughs> of mission, mission, you know, missions." But the missions are like, save the puppets from the ice cream avalanche, <laughs> and uh, it's him meeting this mysterious wolf guy who lives in the uh, bowels of the ship. And he wants them him to go on a secret mission to rescue these little creatures. Um, so some of the more clever of you, the clever players, might notice a parallel almost right away about yeah. this monster stealing maidens and this boy um, rescuing creatures. Yeah. And since we said spoilers, um, I mean, there's like there, there's like interesting characters in between. Yeah, uh, but but it turns out that. The big Act One twist that this is the same world. Like the boy yeah. is inside the monster that is a spaceship. 
Yeah, like it's, he's not actually in space. It's that it's that the inside of the ship simulates that he's in space. Yeah. Um, and did I actually you... didn't. I actually didn't pick up on that on the one of the first playthrough, which was a very nice surprise at the end because I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Everything was set up. Uh, and I I played through them simultaneously. I kept jumping between. Like I get stuck and I'd be like, I want to play the other character, and then I want to go back to this one. And I I did finish Shay's first, and then I finished Vela's. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if whenever you finish the game, is it always from Vela's perspective, or if you finishes if you finishes Shay second and it, and it does the. Uh... I think it always cuts back to Vela on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I like finished if you, with if you Vela's beat... second, so it made a lot of sense for me. Yeah. So if you well, if you beat Vela's first, then she gets passed out on the beach, and then it just automatically switches switches to Shay. If you beat Shay's first, then you actually see the stars fall out of the sky. Yeah. And then he passes out and switches to Vela. Uh, I played through all of Vela's first and then all of Shay's. Mm. Um, so in Vela's story, you meet um, Alex, who it's pretty obvious that well, he's kind of well, like. Let's let's actually. Do you want to do you want to go into like the the worlds first? Or do you want to talk about the story and then go back about um, the well, individual? I, I mean, I assume if people are listening to this, they know what's okay. Okay. I mean, they know what it is, but um. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I mean, you have um. A cloud village where uh I, yeah people are uh it's kind of like a cult where people are trying to earn lightness yes i don't so, think every, yeah yeah it's 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 a cult where yeah it's a cult, <laughs> it's a cult. and people it's take off letters in their names which yes is funny um and then there's like a there's a woodworker Who's the he's he's afraid of the trees because they talk to him and call him names. And then you find a tree that actually talks. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then in uh talk about the spaceship. Um what do you think of the puzzles and the in first X1? Act? Uh well so last time I played it was, you know, a couple weeks ago and already done most of the puzzles so I remembered them. Um going through the first time there were some you know, generally um uh a little bit tough puzzles, not super difficult, not ones that I was just stuck on forever that I can remember, but ones that were like, how do I do this? And, you know, you do the same thing over and over again, uh, and until you realize it's like, oh, now I have to do this instead. And you rarely um, had more than a few items in your inventory, so it usually wasn't too yeah. hard to... Um... Yeah, it, the flow was very nice, I wanted, I wanted to do. You just, you know, you're in your area, you can go talk to many, several different people and uh, find out their little story. Uh, good, good array of characters. I thought for like the NPCs, they, they mm. all had a little bit of personality to them, which was nice. Tim was talking in the documentary how he wanted to kind of modernize everything because he could play it on the uh, the iPad. Yeah. So he he kind of designed everything to be one click. So there's no like the traditional use item or talk to. Everything's just yeah, one yeah. one item. Um, and it still worked. Yeah, it still worked like that very well. Yeah. So when you play Vela's story, you meet Alex, who um, is pretty obviously like another space person. But since you don't know about the twist yet, um, you're like, what? you think that yeah, you think that he crashed there at what like 300 years prior and was in cryostasis. Yeah. yeah. So like some people may think that oh maybe the future is actually in the past or it's not the future; it's just you know in space. Yeah. Um, and he crashed here. But then he said he's been asleep for a really long time. And then yeah. you play through Shay's um, 
when he's talking to the mom computer, the mom computer says that, like, let me tell you the story of, like, the sacrifice girl, and Shay goes, yeah, I know that girl was you. Um, so, like, you're thinking again, oh, this is, like, the future and all that. Yeah, like, it's some sort of weird time travel thing. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. maybe time travel. I think you even make a joke with that in Act 2, where <laughs> Shay's like, are you me from the future? It's like, are you me from the past? And then they realize, wow. oh, we're obviously very different people. <laughs> yeah, it was like they realize, oh, wait a second, your name's Shay? My name's Alex. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um... Avella so finds for, a way before, to... What's before, that? We get into act, before we get into Act 2, um, I guess we're still talking about Act 2. Yeah, Avella well, finds I wanted a way to, to like, take like, down... And the main thing I wanted to talk about is like the kind of the over, overall... Um, Plot in the background. Oh, yeah, no, I was just. I no. want to get your opinion. I want to get your opinions on on Act One. Oh, how awesome the twist was! <laughs> yeah, did you did you see the twist coming? Uh, no, I did not at all. <laughs> I didn't. I I was very surprised when when it happened. I was like, I, mostly because I was like, I should have seen that coming. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, like obviously, I started to realize that there was it was more connected than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when Mog Mog. Chothra crashed because of the laser beam. Yeah. Um, like, very obviously, future technology in that spaceship. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, when, when Shay walked out of his mouth, and, well, it's like, just when it cut back to Vela on the beach, I was like, oh, wait, why'd it cut back to Vela when the, when the spaceship crashed? Because I played yeah. Vela's first and then Shay's. Yeah. And then I started piecing it all together, and then Shay walked out. And I was like, oh, geez, that was a... That was a how are the Duke boys going to get out of this moment? <laughs> what a way to end this. And, uh, and then wait another year for that to come out. So then yeah, the cool a, part it is... Good, it was a good cliffhanger, too, because you're just kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and, and like he even said, it was never meant to be a cliffhanger because it's supposed to be one continuous thing. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, but, it, it work, but that it was a good way to... Adults. Yeah, that was a good way to end it. If, yeah, if they had it, to. Yeah, and it basically ends with, I don't know if we just mentioned it, but it, it, uh, it ends with Vela being trapped on the spaceship and Alex, I'm sorry, Shay being trapped outside of the spaceship on the beach. Um, in the, uh, the, the fishing town. Yeah. So, and, like, immediately, the puzzles are more, are a lot more, uh, complicated. Like, you have to, especially on, um, Vela's side, you have to, like, navigate yeah. hallways to, to bring little robots to fix things and, Cute little um, <laughs> And like later on, you have to remember wiring patterns. Um, yeah, they they basically do a cross character. Yeah. Puzzle. Like you get hints for things in other people in in the different areas, like the in different the, characters. Yeah, it's like like Shay Shay. There's stuff in Shay's area, uh, Shay's timeline or story that will is hints for Vela and vice versa. And that sort of irked me at the first because I'm like, but there's no way the character would know that. And you know, after a while, I'm like, oh, whatever. It's still, it's still a good puzzle. But um, and they kind of act like they just like guessed it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I guess this did something. Um, yeah, that didn't bother me too much, but it was always confusing to me, like what you had to know. Um, at least because I there's this part in the beginning where you find a where you find a star chart in Shay's game, you see something that is very obviously a, a star chart. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like, forget if you yeah. even use that thing anywhere. What, 
Well, what it, the star chart that Shay finds or the star chart? Well, like yeah, the there's a like star chart was like written on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, okay. So what that basically was to it was to show you that he uses notes because it was the same was that uh, puzzle to get to that beach to that town from the first act. And then when you ask him to play, like, how do you get back to where you were uh, notes on his flute, that's supposed to tell you that, oh, he navigates via flute. And then you, you, you figure out the notes he did for that, and then I plug that into the uh, when Vela had yeah, to the modify the star chart. So it was one of those kind of, like, multi-layered puzzles that wasn't, that, that wasn't super clear, but wasn't, like, yeah. super difficult. Yeah, I, saw, I saw that uh, star chart, and I was like, oh, this is obviously what you put into the nav computer on the spaceship. And then, like, quickly I realized, oh, wait, these notes don't even match up. So yeah, I was, like, yeah, well, why I was is thinking that, that too. Um, yeah, and, that's what I thought was a good puzzle. It took me a little longer as well. Yeah. Uh, I admit, like, him, um, him, like, using the little flute to make the notes was something that I looked up because I just had no idea. <laughs> and, like, I didn't know to put the hexagon pal into the charging station. Yeah, that that took me a while uh, before I even just tried it because I mean, was, some like, people would just click do. on everything in on on everything, but I usually yeah. don't. That's um, what I had to do for the hexapal. Yeah, because like if it told you, oh, this is a charging station for one of my for one of my uh, spaceships robots, it's like, oh, but it's a different shape. It's like, oh, yeah. you're right. Um, <laughs> I probably would have tried it right away, but that yeah, yeah. that uh dialogue option doesn't happen if you just look yeah, at it. Yeah. And it makes um, it a little bit harder that way. It's it's and, and this is kind of a problem with adventure games is sometimes you just click a random thing and a really important thing happens and you're not sure yeah, why. Because yeah. there was a part where you had to give the cupcake to one of the dad characters and he licks the frosting off. And that's part of a puzzle. Yeah, um, I didn't yeah, well yeah, well, actually I talked to him first and he said I love licking off the the uh frosting and I'm like, oh Here's a cupcake. <laughs> you got to remember all that get... stuff, though. Yeah. And there's a lot of parts where they mention something, and you know they mention it, so it's a clue. But then you may never hear it again. Uh, I think anything that's a clue is and, uh... like sometimes they do. I've no, I, I notice sometimes they don't. Okay. okay. So, uh, and that's just kind of a problem with adventure games that really didn't exist in the first act. But I, I can notice a lot more in this one, where there's a lot more trial and error. Yeah, 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 and it's it shows the difficulty between the two. I still think they were both enjoyable on their own. Yeah. I think the hardest puzzle in this this uh, uh, in Act Two was probably the uh, the wires that you put in the hexapal. That Once confused I... the hell out of me until I mapped it out, and I'm like, okay. Well, like when I looked up the hexapal uh, solution, so I was like, oh, because I was like looking at the art, like like the actual painting for the you know the artwork they did. Oh, and, like, okay. I, I saw wires on certain nodes. I was like, oh, this is obviously where the old wires shorted out. So I was trying to match up the wires. I was trying to do that, too. Yeah, and I was like, wait, there's there's not enough connections. And so I have to look this up. Like, I don't want to waste my time with this. And then it turns out it's, like, randomized per per game session. Oh, is it really? So, yeah, so you, you have to look up the, um, you have to look up the symbols on the charging station and unless you have a really good memory, you have to write all this crap down. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something that comes with like the Mist and and Ribbon esque yeah. games is that you write down this information. Even old adventure games, you do that as well. And once I realized um, that, I uh, I figured out the pattern. Um, and then later on, when there's a lot more puzzles with the things, I just had them all written down, so I was able to 
program those robots. Yeah, yeah. There was, there were, you know, I wrote it down to find to do the map, and then I figured it out. Like the, that was the other thing that you had to figure. The other cross puzzle was that you find the artwork of Shay when he was like five, and you see the symbols on the background of that artwork for the yeah, hexagon. And uh, that was a case where I was like, okay, okay, obviously, how to reprogram this robot is somewhere on this ship. Yeah. So I looked in every single room. I probably even looked <laughs> at that picture once or twice. <laughs> but since I didn't know what the symbols looked like, because I, I didn't know yeah, to put them yeah. in the charging stations, I just never noticed it. So, like, you know, that was another case where I don't know if it could be designed better, but, like, I was like, oh, I know it's here. I don't <laughs> know what I'm looking for. It was a matter that you could find... You didn't know the order of the puzzle. And yeah. that can be maddening. Mm-hmm. That that goes a little far, but um, but all in all, like how many things do you end up having to look up? Like two or three? Uh, I looked up, basically, like I wanted to know the wires, and and by reading that, I kind of was like, oh, I have to look at the picture. I have to put them in the yeah. station, and then um, the flute, because I never thought about giving the guy the flute. Because why? Well, what was, what was the flute one? You have to oh, give him yeah, the, right. uh, the uh, tuning flute so he can do the coordinates, and that's what you put into the Star Trek. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I, gave, I, I guess I just gave him the flute. I don't even remember if I did that on purpose. I guess because he always talked about, if you talk to him a lot, he talks about how it's a musical-based yeah. thing. So, uh, obviously anything with the It actually took me a while to figure out how to get the flute out of the guy's uh, um, throat. Oh, really? The the not mayor's flow because it's like okay you got to use a snake all right well once I once I got the snake I was like oh this is a this is a constrictor yeah once I got once I got the snake I didn't I didn't realize that it took me a while for just to go do Shay and have him do the entire thing and I was like huh I guess he's not used to I guess he didn't realize how many hugs that I had to go through on the thing and I'm like that makes perfect sense yeah that was a (laughs) kind of weird puzzle because like. It didn't really tell you anything. You just had to kind of try it. Well, because well, you just have to do nothing for about a minute. Yeah, and, and like, I actually, I actually like that kind of difficulty where you have to like think of it. It makes sense in the universe, even though it's not obvious as a puzzle. But it's, it's it, you have to think kind of outside the box. Well, because like one, you like when there's like dialogue like that. Like I, I like to wait and just hear it all first. <laughs> um, but then I noticed like the snake was getting more tired. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder if he could, um, like, if I if I stay here, if he'll like go to sleep or whatever. Yeah, it's like a full minute you have to wait too, something like that. Yeah. It was a. And, and actually, that's um, you learn that that pet snake is called Mister Hugs, and that's a a puzzle in Vela's game. See, that was a that was a tough one because when I was trying to do the Vela's game thing, I was uh trying to find this information in the uh in the trophy room, which you get you get the boot information. But I could not find the other two and end up having to guess them, more or less. Well, like, you see the, the snake toy. Yeah, you saw the snake toy, but there was no... Yeah, you don't know what the name is. ...name, so, yeah, I didn't realize that was a... And actually, you know, actually a cross you know, I didn't pick up on that. I, like, like, I knew, it was like, oh, there's a snake. Well, what What do you think he calls a snake? Well, one of the yeah. ones here is Hugs. So maybe that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it was. And then the next one, like... Because the computer t- calls Shay Sweetie Pie... A lot, so they go. Oh, that's that's yeah. his nickname, but that's not an option. So I was like looking everywhere, saying, like maybe Vela has to look at something, 
yeah. to, to get the name. Then I was like, oh, there's a plaque near the airlock that says Sweetie Pie. So I went there, looked at it, went back. It's still not an option. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of a trick question because it said, what's Shay's favorite nickname? And he didn't like any of them. So the answer oh, is yeah. none of the above. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a, cl- it's a clever one. It's clever. Yeah. And then there's, like, you have to make a chart for the, like, the shoe size and all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the shoe size one is standard fare for the thing. You have to piece together the information. I like those kind of puzzles. What did you think about the parents not actually being computers? Uh, it made sense for the, I thought it was a, it was a good twist. I, I was a little, the only thing that kind of bothered me was the fact that we don't know how long it had been before Shay actually saw them as parents. Yeah. Because he's not, like, he's freaked out at first that he sees his father, but he's like, oh yeah, I, remember yeah, I have a father. It was like, yeah, how long had it been? Um, yeah, like, a so also his mother Changed was... art styles. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much that. Her mother was in that little head pod thingy controlling the ship, so she was seeing stuff in there. The father was just straight up inside the little glass bubble. Yeah, it sounds like, like okay. Yeah, like, I was thinking, <laughs> why, like, why did they pretend they were computers? Like, like, how did all this start? Like, why did they do it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it makes for an intriguing first act. Yeah. Um, it's a good twist. It, but then, like, it doesn't make sense. Why'd they play along with it? Were they like, oh, she's, he's just being rebellious, teenagers. But like... It, it, it was kind of, the mother did say, I kind of, I, I kind of forget he's a teenager now. And he does mother smother him as like a toddler, uh, five-year-old. Yeah, but like, it, it's, so it's like it a little of, bit, yeah. it's a little bit too far because... Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like overprotective mother, um, act like a pampering... Uh, her kid, but then you think like, well, he's obviously not six anymore. <laughs> like, stop <laughs> acting like, st- like stop acting like he needs a diaper change. And, like, <laughs> and I think that's part of it, obviously. Like, part of the thing uh, Tim was going for, but like, there's a little yeah, bit of leaving yeah. logic about it's like, well, why was she pretending to be computer or yeah. like not correcting him? And it's it's sacrificed for yeah, good for sto- interesting storytelling. You notice that her hair. Kind of like, and he noticed that her hair looked like a, a big ball of yarn. Yeah, <laughs> and and like the sun kind of thing. So yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Like the sun. Um, oh, I was gonna say. Uh, I forgot. Good job, Joseph. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. It was something. It was oh yeah, something, yeah. Did you did great. you ever do the uh, the serial? Did you go uh, go all the way through it in Act One to see all the serial names? I think you get a tr- uh, achievement if you do. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that the second time through. <laughs> I did it the first time through. I didn't do it the second time. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know, like 12 names or something for cereal. They're all kind of clever. Honey Bunches of Space. <laughs> kind of yeah, so let's, um, yeah. like you find out too, let's talk about the actual, like, overarching plot of why all this yeah. is happening. So you find yeah. out that Malik, uh, Malachi Mer- is his full name. Merrick and Merakai. Not quite Malachi. Um. Okay, you find out he's a uh, kind of this mutant-looking tree guy. Yeah, yeah. He was obviously he was in a wolf costume. Um, they even mentioned that in the first game. Yeah, like you knew like, he wasn't a wolf. You knew he yeah, was in like a you costume. knew he wasn't a wolf. They 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 slightly do it, but uh, he's a tree in wolf's clothing. Alex said that in his on his ship it was a 
a cello. He was hiding in a cello or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. So, like, um, you know Mogchothra, like, the monsters that are really spaceships, come from uh, beyond the Plague Dam, which they assume is this horrible place where monsters live. Yeah. Turns out it's a city where these, um, these people live who have genetically, genetically engineered. Alter, like, engineered themselves to be, I guess, what they see as, like, perfection or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that they can't survive without the imperfections. So yeah. that's why they're kidnapping, um, I guess only females to, um, reintroduce their DNA into their species somehow. So, yeah, they don't go into much, too much. Like, first it. Thought, really, like, really it to... does, it, it really doesn't matter. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, it, the way I see it, it's kind of like, okay, they've done something that kind of, the imperfections probably fight off diseases or stuff like that, or they're, well, you know, it's, genetically... It's like in Jurassic Park, they had to put frog yeah. DNA into the dinosaurs. <laughs> we need to put Vela DNA into us. So here's um, another question I have. Yeah. So the, uh, I forget the names of the, that species, but, um... Oh, uh, yeah. Why do the tree people... It was the, uh, Russ, Rush, Russ, Lus. It was like thrush. some four-letter word. Thrush, that's what thrush, it was. Thrush, which is a term for something. I forget what it is, though. If thrush you know is what a, it is, please, thrush please is leave a, us a comment. What's that? <laughs> if you know what it is at home, please leave us a comment what thrush means. Like, I think I, I've heard it at work, where I, like, where I work with a lot of medical stuff. Yeah. Um, like, thrush is some sort of uh, disease or something like that. Or, um, or something, I don't know. Uh, so that why was... Why was... Um, the mom and dad, like, why did they live in that plague dam? They said, if you talk to, you can talk to Merrick, and he kind of says that they're specially, okay, so yeah, that's right. The mom says at one point, I think to Vela, that the thrush are the ruling class. Oh, so they're And not, rules. it's not entirely thrush. They're the ruling class. Okay, so. Um, and they probably only keep the hu- the normal looking humans around. Um, For this purpose. Yes. Uh, otherwise, they'd probably just eradicate them altogether. Yeah. Um, he even said that. Oh, actually, what was interesting is that... They and it was that, implied uh, that uh, Hope, which is the mom's name, was one of the maidens yeah. that got kidnapped. Although, she seemed oblivious to the whole thing, so... I don't that, know. That's the thing. Like, they did that in the first one, but... Maybe she they... Wasn't a ma- she wasn't a maiden, because the maidens are turned into... DNA, they're disintegrated or whatever. Yeah, they mentioned she, that too. But she said she was a sacrifice girl. Like she knew kind of about the process. Possibly, it, it's at least little, in the first one, which I think maybe is a up for is interpretation. Is a inconsistency? It's up, maybe it's up for interpretation. Yeah, I don't interpret it like she was a maiden. I interpreted that she was that she, her family was the sacrifice. Is that she sacrificed her life? Oh, to, maybe. To bring him, to bring Shay. Yeah, because it was under the pretenses that they were finding a new home. A new home. Um, and she thought she was she was a, a traveling through space. So the idea was that a person raised out outside of Lunia, Lunia, I think the name was Lunaria, something like that. Lunaria. Um, Lunarians, I guess, was the, was the species name. Uh, that a person like that would have the foresight to know which people have the most, like, genetic potential, disinstinctively, somehow. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they were raising Shay in this isolated environment. 
Um, so this plot, do you think it matches kind of the tone of the rest of the, like the like the game was it, it, setting up? It got darker, but I mean, if you think about it, like the very first thing that happens after you know celebrating the maiden's feast day with a big old cake, is that a bunch of maidens get sucked up by a giant monster. So it's dark, and I I think it matches the darkness uh, of the first game. Uh, in the beginning of, like, Vela's thing, because you realize that it's it's still horrible stuff happening, and now we just find out what the whole thing behind it is. So I mean, like, like more... Dark in the begin- yeah, go ahead. More like, uh... Like... If I told you when you started Broken Age, this game about fantastical spaceship and about an adventure to defeat a monster ended in overthrowing a race of mutants because they were genetically alterate, uh, alterating people and splicing <laughs> them into their genetic structure. <laughs> it's like, do like you think that matches? It's That's the MacGuffin. So you have to remember that. Really, the the the, the, um, the plot is, uh, for the main characters, is Vela standing up for what she believes in and um, and Shay essentially growing up. It's still a part of it, though. Like you can't. It is. It is. I'm not dismissing it. I'm saying that that the MacGuffin is not as important as the character transition in a story, in my opinion. Uh, If the MacGuffin's stupid, yeah, that can do it. But I don't think the MacGuffin was too stupid. It was kind of odd to see it take that turn. Yeah. But it really only takes that turn in at like a third of the way through the second half. So really, only like you know one third of the entire game. Is uh, has that kind of that part of it? The rest of it focuses on their, you know, exploring and learning and, and rebellious phases. Like when I started hearing about the, like the uh, genetic deficiencies, I was thinking, it's, oh, they're kidnapping, um, you know, almost to puberty girls because they needed needed them to breed for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of equally would have been kind of weird. <laughs> Yes, it was. Like, we are using you to sire our children. (laughs) Like, oh my god, this is really going there. Oh, oh my god. But, but like. That is Duke Nukem forever. Oh my god. And, um, yeah, see, that, like, that wouldn't fit. No. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, it is what it is, but I thought it it didn't quite match, like, the tone of the rest of the, the story. Yeah. Here's something that I caught. And you could tell they only did that so they didn't have to draw more art. But, so we never see the maidens at the uh, the Cloud City. We only see the one that was left behind. Yeah. There were probably, I think, two other maidens that were taken. Um, the, when they when you go to the, when you're in the ship in Act 2 and you can actually get the maiden, talk to the maidens, they say, yeah, we're, we're in here and a couple people from the other place are in here too. And you never see them. Uh, and then when everybody escapes at the end, you don't see they're anything. not in that. They're not in that group because they never draw those characters because you don't need to. So I'm like, oh, that technically means that they burned to death and they never escaped. <laughs> it's, it's canon. <laughs> yeah, it's canon. The other thing I want to say that I really liked was, um, uh, again, a little bit of like gender issues here. It's like at, at the very end of the game, uh, Vela and. Um, uh, Shay are kind of separated uh, at, at the other ends of like Shay's about has is being backed up by his the burning ship and he's got nowhere to go and she's Vela's like jump I'll catch you or something like that 
And um, then Malik Marikai comes up and like like grabs her. And you kind of think it's going to go into this, oh, he's going to jump and save her. But no, she ended up kicking his ass. And it was like, okay, let's get back to jumping. And I'm like, oh, good. They didn't they didn't go back to the, just the stupid uh, rescue the princess type trope. They're oh, like, yeah, because oh, like, like she all of a sudden... Be, <laughs> like a, she became a damsel at the very end. Yeah, that would have been yeah. um, disingenuous to the character. Exactly. And I thought that was a very good um, very good thing to do, to, to just kind of throw that trope on its head. So, um, more power like, to... The two characters hardly have any interaction um, the entire game. I think the only time they really do is like during the end cutscene and when they punch each other. When they almost punch each other. When she punches him. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, but then, and then if you, if you look at the... If you beat the game uh, and you get the end game achievement, um, they are sitting together in a field leaning back to back. Yeah. And like, there's some artwork like during the credits yeah. where they're hanging out. I actually, I accidentally skipped that because I was going to say, "Is my name in the credits for kickstarting?" I don't remember if I was on that or not. Yeah. Oh, there's so a I lot of cool. There's a lot of cool artwork. Let's say like what like what the characters ended up doing. Yeah, I'll have to go back and fact. take a look at that. I did read some of it on uh, the Wikipedia. So yeah. like, there's a shot of like the metal worker, um, <laughs> at, at at like a convention, and then the um girl who was making dresses. Like bird dresses on the other end, they're kind of giving each other the evil eye, like they're competing <laughs> with each other. There's a picture of um, the uh, a Pendleton Ward character who created Adventure Time. By the way, I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah, which character did he play? He played the kind of nerdy guy who was caught up by his underwear in the first act. Oh, okay. And he was eating all the peaches in the other one. Yeah. Um, there's a picture of him like at an arcade, and he has a bunch of people going, "Yay!" Yeah, that's right. He was, exactly all he cool was talking about that. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing where it was a little bit inconsistent about what level of technology they were at. Um, because there's a few things where, like, it kind of implies that they don't know what electricity is, but then Bella mentions video games at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that it's, means somewhere there's a Nintendo making computer games <laughs> and video, making a, video games. It's a sort of, a, a, like, a techno fantasy. It's, yeah. And, and like, I no one... Yeah, like, everyone knows what a spaceship is, which yeah. is even more advanced. But, um. Yeah, I mean, it's implied that the the people outside of the Plague Dam are those that left the city, or those that the origin, the first couple of people that went back and like uh, um, colonized themselves, something like that. Uh, yeah, like, is that I, some I think humans just... existed behind the plague, like outside of the Plague Dam, but they said that people would go on these missions and then. Just stay there. Or stay there because they liked it so much, and that's why they had the whole space facade. Yeah. Um, and let's yeah, so note like, that Merrick Merikai is three hundred years old. Did they say that it was the same? It was the same person. They or... said it was also named Merikai. So yeah, like we said, the same. It was name. named Merrick. So. And they were genetically engineered themselves, so I wouldn't be surprised. I Man, what a job that guy has! Every fourteen years, he has to stow away on a, <laughs> on a baby ship. Wearing an itchy. Itchy costume. <laughs> yeah, or, or be a cello, or whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, besides the kind of, I thought, weird, like, ultimate twist for the, for the plot, or but yeah. what they were doing, which I thought was a little bit out of, out of tone, just because it was so weird compared to everything else, <laughs> um, it really is a pretty beautiful game, um, in terms of not just art style, yeah, but just, like, 
how the, the characters, yeah, the presentation, like like just how the characters <laughs> interact with everybody and their personalities yeah. and uh, kind of the yeah. little journey that they go through to grow up. Yeah, yeah. The artwork and animation and music and all that stuff is fantastic. I really like the animation in the game. Yeah, um, I mean, as a as animators who kind of animate like that. Yeah, we do this sort um, of cut out like, style. Yeah, like, oh, they do things where they can twist around and bend yeah. and stuff. But like, it, it was cool seeing like the entire game built around those limitations. Um, yeah, like like because really only the main characters have more complex um, models and stuff. Everyone else just kind of basically stays in the same position. Yeah, and, like turns their head every once in a while. Except for the Hexit Pal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the pirate them. and the pirate diamond pals, whatever their names were. Uh, the diamond dukes. <laughs> the ones, yeah, the diamond dukes that were Droogs. were there for diamond droogs who uh, who were there for three hundred years and kind of <laughs> yeah, just became like inverted <laughs> back into primal. Yeah, like Tim Schafer has a, a kind of an amazing imagination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, you know, I can't really think of a lot of them now because I'm just not really thinking about it. But just like little touches he puts on everything and just like. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course it would be like this because it's like a place made of yarn or something. Like just the fact that the the mom had yarn hair is kind of reflecting in her making everything yeah. with yarn, you know. Who knows if that's Tim Schafer the entire team, but um Well yeah, there are artists, but I'm sure yeah. he gave some direction. Um one of the early documentary episodes, they kind of like go through um go through a, a concept art phases where they kind of like figuring out the style and all that stuff. It's really interesting to see. Yeah. One other thing that bothered me, and this is a little thing. The, the first game they mentioned about talk about how they, they're able to stand in the clouds with the cloud shoes and stuff. Is they talk about um uh uh surface area and they're like pounds per square inch, and they're like, isn't that pressure? <laughs> well is that, wh- is like, that why mathematically does, similar? <laughs> why are those clouds never depis- um dissipating? Dissipating and or precipitating. <laughs> or, you know, becoming not clouds. <laughs> Don't you love when he can't say a complicated word and he just seems like an idiot? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, over, overall, I was very happy with the game, even though it took, you know, three years for it to completely came, come out. Um I thought it was a very good experience. I'm very happy. It's a nice throwback to the older adventure games. No, not so much a throwback, but it's nice to see a, a good adventure game again. That's and it's not just tell, Telltale. Yeah, like uh, Telltale has been, has been getting the most like um, spotlight about what they're doing, and they've kind of really stopped being adventure games. Like since they did Walking Dead, yeah, um, they became like even in the credits they go like vi- like interactive novels basically yeah. or, or inter- interactive stories. Um, yeah, and there have been plenty of adventure games coming out, but they're they're always under the radar. Like I've been playing like yeah. that next big thing. Um, and there, I there, are, up... there are there are a couple of uh, throwbacks to the uh, like remakes and and interquels inter sequels of the old Sierra games I've seen. I played one fan game of uh, a, a sequel to Space Quest that. Although the uh, the graphics were all over the place, like the story was top notch and felt like a very good, uh, it's a very good puzzle game, very good space quest story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, there's still there's still a bunch out there, and it's kind of I, I would like to see more of them because they were they were a type of game that I grew up on, and they're probably not gonna you know hit the the popular 
you know how everybody everybody wants it now you know everybody wants shooters and whatnot but i'd like to think there's still a market out there and i guess there is because this game got three million yeah there's a few um they picked up on steam one called one's called um the book of unwritten tales um which i don't know anything about but it was only 99 cents so i picked it up <laughs> and there was another one i forget the name of it but it like you've probably seen it on Steam on sale every once in a while. It's like this kind of like steampunkish pirate guy. It's like a real cool art cartoon style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of um, Casey's character, uh, Canthos, a little bit. So I picked that up on sale. I haven't played it yet. Um, but yeah, like adventure games. I mean, they're not back or anything, but it's nice that they're still around where, where people want them. It's, yeah, and I mean, that's probably, there's probably a lot of genres games that even though we don't like that could probably come back and, you know, like, ukulele. <laughs> but that's for, that's another story for another day. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like the, the uh, Banjo-Kazooie-esque yeah. platformer. Yeah. Which I think well, there's definitely an audience for. Well, there obviously is. <laughs> What's that up to right now? Let's, let's I, find I, out. Let's find out. Yeah, for those who don't know, ukulele is, uh... A uh, game by the uh, several former Rare employees that's trying to make a Banjo Kazooie spiritual successor to the point where it really feels like they're ripping off Banjo Kazooie, but that's okay because all we really want is a real Banjo Kazooie here. Yeah, like we we just <laughs> want Banjo Kazooie. Um, they're at a little over two million. Well, that means oh, two million U.S. or two million uh U.S. All right, yeah. So they said if they get one point five million, uh. They have, oh, okay, so it's 1.48, it's about 1.48 uh, British pounds. If they get 1.5 million, they get full orchestra music by Grant, from, you know, Grant Kirkhope and the other, the other musicians, so. Well, they're almost they're on, there, so. They're, they're almost they're, there. Yeah, they're definitely good. Yeah, <laughs> I guess another case where um, what they were asking for was a little over 200,000. It was about 100. Yeah, closer to three hundred thousand actually, and again, that's not a lot of money. Um, so, like, I'm wondering if they were, like, they knew they would get more, but they were just, like, just pledging low. Well, we got they got through all their initial um, stretch goals in like I don't know two three days. <laughs> they had to make new stretch goals. <laughs> but but yeah, that's something we'll probably talk about that in the future. Yeah, because um, yeah, we, we love those old games. Yeah, yeah, we love this. We're Back stuck in the platformers were collecting jiggies. <laughs> Not Everyone, everything platforms. had googly eyes. <laughs> Even their logo looks like rare in some it's, weird way. <laughs> it's the It's got the googly eyes and it's like the same Banjo-Kazooie font, which I guess is a, a font you can buy. Well, like the font, it's not exactly the same font, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it's the same style. It's same practically style. exactly the same. It's <laughs> um, it's instrument based. Even the company logo is kind of a dark blue on ye- golden yellow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's, it's not the R or anything, but you know, obviously, it's meant to look like yeah. it. But but yeah, that's and so if that's, you listen uh... to the mu- if you listen to the music, it's like well, it's Grant Kirkhope and the you other could confuse so. it for banjo music. <laughs> Yeah. Estimated but, delivery October 2016. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> I already pledged. Yeah, me too. I would love to have $500 to spare so I can get the old retro box. Oh, that would be fun. That would be so awesome. But I'm like, like, oh. like bad CG on the front. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess another big adventure game that got kickstarted is a Homestuck adventure game. Oh, did we did it? I never. I'm not a. I don't follow. Yeah, like you're not into that. So, um, I think they made almost three million. Wow. And and they end up splitting up that game, and I'm not sure if uh if if they're doing it all for free or um if each act is separate. But uh, yeah, I think you know people realize this money doesn't actually doesn't really go very far. And if you're like a double fine, um, they kind of mismanaged a lot of it near the start, and they kind of yeah, yeah. the project became too big really quickly. And that's just because that Tim Schafer just has such a big imagination. <laughs> It it uh, uh fortunately it didn't lead to cancelization cancelizations or anything like that. But uh, well, I mean, like we're all talk about the game. There was stuff that happened. Like they actually kickstarted another game, not six months after um, Broken Age. Yeah, it, it was for like a completely different team. Um, I mean, they had several things going on at the company in the three years because uh, they had to because or else they couldn't finance Broken Age. Like, Broken Age was the thing that they were making all the money for, basically, with all yeah. these other projects. Um, they even had a, a studio game near the end of production uh, that Bethesda, I think, was um, paying for that ended up getting cancelled. Mm. And because of that, they had to lay off I think, like, six or seven employees. Like, this is, like, right at the oh, end geez. of Broken... This is, like, at the end of Broken Age when the, like when they were in crunch time. So was like that, that was the, Space Space DF9? No, no. Uh, well, they never said what it was because, okay. um, like, because of contracts or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, they actually had to fire a bunch of people and that, like, like they weren't even sure if they could get the release date yeah. for Broken Edge. Yeah. Um, but that that is such, that. that is the nature of investing in general. And the fact that we're sort of at this crowdfunding sort of thing where people are like, you know, Kickstarter's matured over the last couple of years a little bit, and um, it, people realize that it's not just about give money, you'll get product. It's invest in product, you might get results. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a guarantee. Uh, it depends on the person and the company. Some people are just doing it from, you know, an idea. Other people are doing it from a, you know, full-functioning prototype, and that doesn't mean that either one is going to fail or, or pass. Well, I think uh, one of the, to, one of the biggest product. ones... Um, that failed was like that Yogg Ventures game. Yeah, the Yogg's cast. The Yogg's cast, where they didn't even even really mention it was canceled. It just kind of came out and like uh, it made two or three million dollars, and like it never looked very good. Like it never got past yeah. the uh, like the that was still stage, yeah, right? and that was still in the the early stages as well yeah. of uh, Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> I think I think Gherkin Man said this at one point. Is uh, I was like, there are a lot of like personalities. Uh, that are creative personalities and stuff like that that are just horrible business people. <laughs> what was that uh, space venture that the Space Quest people did? They're still working on that. They're hoping to get it out uh, this year. It has been a lot longer than uh, any of us would have really liked, but it's not been canceled. Um, I don't know the full management behind it. I, I think they ran out of money at some point, but... Uh, well, I'm looking at the thing, I think they only raised a half a million dollars. Yeah, they only raised half a million, but... So, like... No wonder why they had like they ran into problems. Like that yeah, was that money yeah. thing I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, not been canceled. They're still working on it. They still give updates. Hopefully, it'll still be. I able thought to it was canceled like a year or two ago. That they like gave this big thing saying like we can't really finish this. Like we'll keep 
working at it, but for all intents and purposes, it may not continue. I I forget specifically, but it may have. Well, that's sad too because like that the um, the announcer guy who was in the old Space Quest games passed away. Yes, yeah, um, so Gary Gary Owens. Yeah, like a few uh, a few months ago, and he was yeah, supposed he to was... be like in this game. Yeah, they weren't able to get anything recorded from him before he had to go to the hospital. I don't know how long he was in the hospital for, but um, they did get an interview with him uh, a few more months back, uh, or I think shortly when they were shortly after they passed the project or something like that. They they did have a good uh, interview talking to him, which was nice. Um, but it is sad to see him go, and uh, hopefully there'll, there'll be a nice tribute to him in the game. I'm sure. Yep. Um... Yeah, so the reason Tim Schafer went to Kickstarter is so he would own the property. Yeah. And, um, because, like, he, like, they've made deals with, like, Disney for, like, um, for a, a Grim Fandango, and they're doing a, a Day of the Tentacle now, too, to, yeah. like, like do remasters of those, but, like, um, like, full throttles still, like, with LucasArts and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you said in the past. That, like, is, that is the other great thing about crowdfunding is that, you get to own the IP. And I guess, like, a few years yeah. ago, he, he got the rights back to, like, uh, Psychonauts and um, uh, Brutal Legend and a few other projects he oh, worked on. Just trying to get them all back. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just always good to... Well, because, like I said, like, they were making a Full Throttle 2 project without him. Yeah, like, yeah. Nothing, nothing he could do about it. Like, the same thing with, like, um, even though I liked, like, uh, Curse of Monkey Island, it's like, that that happened after the creators left the studio. Yeah. Um, and it turned out into, into a really good game, but then, like, the next one wasn't as good. And it kind yeah. of... It kind of put the nail in the coffin for adventure games for <laughs> a lot of ways. It's unfortunate, but... Say yeah. levy. Anyway, I think that's that's about it for before we get up into too many other tangents, but, um... Uh, yeah, any, anything else to say about Broken Age? Would you journey, recommend it? It was, it was a... Like, the game was excellent. It had a few nagging points, but I think that's kind of just adventure games. Yeah, it's um, it's not a perfect it's not perfect, but it's it's really good. And I thought it was it was worth the journey just to see the documentary, even if the game never came out. <laughs> yeah. Um because like if you ever have time to watch some of that, even though the game's already out and stuff, just seeing the process, you see <laughs> like um like if you watch it, you see like the weight loss that like Tim went through because he was all stressed, but then he yeah, put it God. back on. Because um, it turned out actually him going on a diet was hurting him or something yeah, like God. that because he was so stressed. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you ever want to lose weight, start a video game company. <laughs> yeah. Or become president. Or become president. No, then you become um, old. <laughs> yeah, and just seeing, like, you see, like, voiceover sessions with all the people, and you start. Yeah, it's just really interesting. Like, it's all on YouTube now if you go to. Yeah. I think it's uh, Double Fine's YouTube. It's all on there. Um, check it out, everybody. Check it out. And I guess if you haven't played the game yet, I guess sorry for spoiling everything. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening. Yep. Uh, we'll be back with... Uh, I don't know, what should we talk about next time? Uh, I want to do another commentary. Yes, if you have any... I uh, still want to do Total Recall. Um, maybe, but... <laughs> hmm. If we'll you'd see. like to, if you have any commentaries you'd like us to do, let us know. Send us an email to or Twitter or something. I don't know. Just just get in contact with us somehow. I kind of want to do like a really bad movie, like Batman and Robin, or something like that. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. 
good old, we'll do a whole, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 riffing on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, thanks uh, we'll for, yeah. probably talk to you again when we do a podcast for Lloyd. Yes, we're winding down on that. Uh, we have some hiccups. We have some major hiccups <laughs> that we won't go into. But, yeah, uh, we will. It's, it's all going pretty well, um, regardless yeah. of that. And animation is actually almost done. It's just right. some of the artwork stuff that the, uh, the main animation. But the... we won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go into that. Okay. <laughs> Rosebud's a sled. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my Patreon. Check Goodbye. out Joseph's Patreon. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.